Um, for the record, San Francisco lost, but, uh, you know, don't feel bad because I'm already starting to warm up to the plane crash bowl. Oh, man. Um, to, to explain to, uh, Charlie, you and Chad, I've explained this to Dylan, um, when Denver won earlier in the day, it set up a number of nightmare scenarios for me because I despise Peyton Manning as a human being and as a football player. Um, I like how as a human being comes first. Yes, it I does. wish I was recording right now. I am. Um, <laughs> but Just uh, so that we have that on record. You know, the, the, the first nightmare scenario is the one that came true, which is San Francisco lost, Seattle won. So I have the team that I hate more than any other going up up against a player I hate more than any other. Um, so I've dubbed it the plane crash bowl because I wouldn't be too upset if both team planes ran into each other. And, but I've come off of that a little bit since then. And I just want the Seattle team plane to crash into Peyton Manning and have all the non-football <laughs> personnel survive. There's a, uh, there's a, uh, a quote that uh, Louis Grizzard had. I, I think it was red barber that originally said something like that he was asked to speculate on the outcome of a game between two ivy league schools and this sportscaster being from the south said i wish you're both a bunch of damn yankees and i wish there was a way you could both lose you know it's it's like okay you know football season's over i'm not gonna see them for eight more months Okay, you know it's been 19 years since uh, San Francisco won the Super Bowl. You know, I think really, yeah. Last time was uh, the 1994 season. I was gonna say wow. there's a lot of teams though, so it's not like like for any one team to for it to be a while since I won the well, Super it's, Bowl. It's not it? like well, it's not like every other sport where you've got like one or two teams that win all the time. You know, like the Yankees and baseball, or the Celtics yeah. and the Lakers and. So wait, so the uh, NFL is not whoever spends the most money wins? Uh, no, because they have a salary cap. Uh, unlike base, uh, unlike baseball, where they just pay uh, everybody all the money, and then you realize, oh shit, Alex Rodriguez is juicing like a motherfucker. That just that just seems totally un-American so, to put a salary cap. Yeah, I was, on. I was gonna say. I mean, that's that's pure socialist. I mean, not as socialist as actual football, which is which we call soccer. Because it's just you know, a salary cap is just wealth redistribution. Because now those millionaires that are on the lower end don't have as many millions as the millionaires on the top end. Yeah, this is. Uh, you know, this is this is American style socialism, where soccer is obviously European style socialism, because there's actually a winner in most uh, football games. I know it's weird that in a game that there would actually be competitive balance. It doesn't it doesn't make sense to me either. Yeah, it doesn't seem very American to me. No, no, mm. no. America is about a lot of things, but competitive balance is not one of them. Hey, no cheating like hey, a motherfucker. They though. earned that. They earned that money. They earned that money through being being fast or something. Hey, I, don't, hey, I don't know how it, that works. It doesn't matter how much money they started out with. How, how it much, matters uh, how much money they spent and who yeah. they spent it on. Which they earned. Whether or not they got caught. Unless they didn't. Hopefully it was on blowing hookers. <laughs> That's what I spend my money on. If only. Alright, you guys ready to do this? Anytime. Have we already been doing it? <laughs> yes, we, we in fact have.
Hello and welcome to the Chainsaw Buffet Podcast, the podcast that is firm in its belief that James Joyce is the most overrated author in history. Oh, that that's that's going back a couple days. Yeah, we had this discussion on Twitter, Chad went off on this rant about Joyce being overrated, but Chad, published author, mind you, uh, and this happens to the best of us, uh, misspelled overrated, put in an extra T. Um, this prompted Dylan to, you know, make a joke about James Joyce being covered in rats. <laughs> and then I came into this, and this, <laughs> this took me a few tweets to get around to the joke. Um, but I said... Uh, something to the fact about Ulysses being this pretentious piece of bullshit that literary hipsters like to say, you know, they enjoy to feel intellectually superior, even though it's almost complete and utter nonsense. And uh, then I posted a link to a video from the Idea Channel where they're comparing Ulysses to Homestuck, because Homestuck is this big, thick, dense, nonsensical piece of crap on the internet that people feel accomplished for, you know, if they've read every page of Homestuck. Um, just like the same way that people feel accomplished if they've read Ulysses and, and gleaned some meaning from it. And then I said, you know, because Homestucks are hobos, and uh, Homestuck is the Ulysses of the internet, therefore, James Joyce is a hobo and is overrated. <laughs> I... I, I think it was it there. I saw that reply. I'm like, I don't know anything about James Joyce. I don't know anything about Homestuck. Like, but he just, knows about overratting. No, but I, I was just, I was just done. There, was just there, like, is a, there is a sketch on twi- on Dylan's Twitter of James Joyce covered in rats. Let, let's let's not insult hobos, for theirs is an ancient and noble people. No, no, they are not. They are the people that bring. Uh, Miller Genuine Draft into a concert uh, sponsored by Bud Light, then look at me and say, do you think they'll get mad at me for drinking this? And that point to the giant fucking Bud Light sign, and I say, yeah, they're hey. probably not going to go for that. Hey, they're, they're good hobos and they're bad hobos. Those are those are hipsters, not hobos. No, no that this was is a, a hobo. <laughs> no, I, I, this, this is not this a is an honest-to-God hobo. Yes. Trust me. Trust me, I'm a doctor. He was the hoboingest hobo doctor that ever hoboed a hobo. Anyway, um, just to run down the roster real quick, I am John, the incredibly salty and angry uh, host of the show. I'm joined by my fellow host, uh, Chad, published author and uh, general curmudgeon. Hey. Uh, Charlie. Tell me he's wrong. Uh, <laughs> being nice lately. That's I, stop drinking. If I had a fucking nickel. Um, he stopped drinking, so maybe, maybe we ought to cut him some slack. Uh, anyway, um, also have Charlie, um, Troubadour, and uh, General Smartass. I am king of the country and western troubadours. It's true. Um, and Dylan, the uh, unsung hero who keeps the whole thing going. Wow, that that's actually really nice. You know, I, I figured I'd just be honest today, because I, I didn't feel like... You know, San Francisco lost, uh, playing crash ball, yada yada yada. Um Hey. There's always next season. Hey, Cody. Cody. Uh, Cody gives me a lot of credit. More, more credit than I'm probably due. So probably. There's, there's that. I, w- I won't say I'm unsung. I'm. But I'm you just, know, you know what? I'm you, rarely sung. You may as well take that fucking credit, because God knows in life you're not gonna get the credit you deserve. So you just may as well take what you can get, whether you deserved it or not. Um. Anyway, kind of a slow ass week, so we're probably gonna do some more bullshitting. Um. 
Uh, How's that, that different from usual? Uh, not not very. <laughs> yeah, um, not 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 great. Maybe Wait. a little less structured. Um, the one thing I did want to bring up, it's really just beating a dead horse at this point. Um, but Nintendo uh, made some news this week because they released their sales figures from uh, 2013. They projected that they were going to sell 9 million uh, Wii U units. They sold 2.9 Wii U units. Oh. To put this into perspective for everyone uh, listening at home, uh, in the roughly 45 days that uh, Xbox One and PlayStation 4 were out in 2013, they both we sold uh, outsold the Wii U. And the thing that we've been saying about the Wii U is, oh, there's not very many games for it. You know, you've got you know Super Mario 3D World and this and that, and you know maybe a couple other things that people enjoy, and that's fine. But you know maybe when some legitimate you know Zelda, Mario, Metroid, whatever comes out, things will pick up. The problem is, Xbox One and PlayStation 4 don't have any games either. So, hmm. I, I, I think this may hint at maybe a larger problem, at least in perception for Nintendo. Because um, I, I think at least some people that were early adopters for those consoles, A, it was, you know, the new shiny thing, and B, I think people have a little more faith in Sony and Microsoft's uh, third-party relationships with good reason. Mm-hmm. Um well, I mean, if you think about it, the Wii took off because it was marketed as like the casual console. Right. If you're if you're a person who buys consoles for casual games, you probably don't need like the minor updates that you know, you're yeah, going to yep. get so you can play. I, w- I would say a large portion of that casual audience that bought a Wii probably has not found a legitimate reason. It's like, why do I need to buy a new machine? I can still exactly. play my games on this one. Exactly. Um, so Your casual gamers are not going to be buying larger early adopters. I do think it's kind of funny given, you know, the Wii U has been out for over a year at this point. Am I? Oh, oh. it's been out for, yeah, it came out in 2012. Yeah. So. As opposed to like the PS4 and Xbox One where, you know, a lot of people, at least a lot of people I hear, and that, that obviously I'm constrained by the people I listen to. Like obviously I'm, you know hearing from like-minded people are going, eh, I'll wait till there's more games out. But at least, you know, on those, there's a lot of people who know there's going to be a Madden or a, um, you know, every Call of Duty game, every Madden, you know. Yeah. I, th- I think the things to take away from this is um, it looks really bad right now. It will look marginally better this year because, you know, they do have Mario Kart, they do have Smash Brothers coming out. I don't know what, if anything, is coming after that, and maybe they'll make some announcements because Nintendo has gone into this weird practice, you know, through Nintendo Direct and everything, of announcing things very close to their release as uh, opposed to getting some sort of momentum and build-up going for a game. Hmm. Um, so we'll see. I mean, they, they can always surprise people uh, with those sorts of, sorts of announcements, but right now it just doesn't look very impressive. Um, and they also said something about looking into uh, other business models and possibly looking into doing like mobile gaming as well. Hmm. Um, some people have suggested the you know that they go the Sega route and just you know, go out of business. Well, make make Mario games and Zelda games and Metroid yeah, games, but business. get out of the hardware business. Yeah. 
Hmm. Just do it on on you know the PS4 and Microsoft console. I doubt they'll do that because well, they seem to be way too in love with the idea of quote unquote thorough. innovating with hardware, hmm. uh, with always mixed results. Um, but I don't know. Um, N- Nintendo loyalists will say, well, they've you know pulled out of these spots before, and maybe they'll do it again. I don't know. But right now, I. Like they, it's hard for me to say just because it's happened before it's going to happen again when I have no future things to grasp onto. I mean, I don't, I don't know how how much longer they can keep churning out games that have been only marginally tinkered with since you know they started making 3D games. Well, to be fair, like you know, we had the we've talked before about you know Mario 3D World looking good it does. Uh, between worlds, like. There is a possibility that they can, you know, turn things around for the Wii U, like you said, with, with Mario Kart, but that's kind of a big question mark at this point. Yeah, and- I, I don't know if they if their first party lineup can really, you know, crank titles out at, no. at a level that will really start to, to drum up sales and excitement for the system. I just don't Ted, see it. Ted, Sorry. Are you trying to dry something? No. <laughs> okay, because I keep hearing. <laughs> oh, he's trying to blow something. Well, sorry. But no, I think I think if they're going, if they're talking about opening up to mobile and 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 other business models, that could be like. As someone who played a lot of Nintendo when I was much younger, it is good to see them trying to turn around. You know, given this sort of news, rather than just like. Crashing and burning. Yeah. You mean like Sega? Yes, that's what I mean. You know what, Sega? I Sega owns Atlas now, so they're going to have a lot of great games coming. None of them hmm. are going to be developed internally by Sega, but they're going. You know, yeah, I was going to say those that's... Persona games are the fucking best. I mean, let's let's be honest. Sega that's... made a, a brilliant stroke with that move. That that would be like saying Nintendo. Um, bought, I don't know, the Final Fantasy license and, you know, like if Nintendo went out of uh, the hardware business and like, you're going to keep getting the Final Fantasy games. No! If it's Nintendo, I want Mario, I want Zelda, I want Metroid. Yeah, but nobody wants nobody wants a uh, Sonic game from Sega anymore because we... That know, is true. We've been okay. burned by that too many times. It's like, no, you know mm-hmm. what? Just, just give me that Sonic CD or, you know, Sonic 2 remake and... and, and you know what? Just, just leave me alone with Sonic. <laughs> Sega is, Sega is fulfilling its its purpose in in Son- the Sonic age, has gone it's... rabid. They need to take Tails to uh, have him put down Sonic behind the barn. <laughs> True. I mean, it took you. It took everyone years to learn that the stove was hot, but we finally did. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> uh, so poignant. Um, I'm. I made a note for a story that came across uh, Anime News Network. It's not even a very important story, but I'm just going to read the note that I have. Uh, It says, Applications for Japan Self-Defense Force increased by 20% thanks to Moe, because of course it does. (laughs) Okay, okay. This begs the question. What did the No, it doesn't. No, no, no. No, because this might be one of these articles. You're just going to make yourself sad. Charlie, you're just gonna Charlie, make yourself. Charlie, you're just gonna make yourself sad. Can okay, I, 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 I ask whatever question you want. I, 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 I will not be held responsible. 
are are we sure this isn't a uh, a case of um, headline says one thing, article contradicts headline? Like what what rationalization do they give in the article for this? I'm going to uh, give me just a moment here. I'm going to go over. Um, The, the, you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to read it verbatim. Cuteness um, <laughs> sells, even if you're uh, selling, even if what you're selling is recruitment for the Japan Self-Defense Force and the National Defense Army. Since last July, the JSDF's Okayama Provincial Cooperation Office has been using three adorable mascot girls to raise awareness for the JSDF. The girls represent each military branch of the forces, sporting the uniforms for each. Uh, Momoe Kibi represents the Japan Ground Self-Defense Force, the Army. Uh, Mizuo Saito represents the Japan Maritime Self-Defense Force, the Navy. While Eri, Eri Bizen represents the Japan Air Self-Defense Force, the Air Force. Um, if the design aesthetic looks familiar, it's because the girls were created by Humi... Uh, Kumikane Shimada, the original character designer behind uh, such military-inspired Moe series like uh, Strike Witches and Girls in Pants. Oh, boy. Uh, since the introduction <laughs> of the mascots, though, their popularity has skyrocketed even outside of the prefecture, whereas only 500 flyers were printed for the July introduction of Momoe at a comic sales event, 6,500 calendars, and 90,000 postcards were prepared for the August introduction of Mizuho and Irie, all of which were quickly snapped up. More importantly, it seems th as though the campaign is working. Volunteer numbers have increased 20% in Okayama Prefecture. Um, so, there you go. Yes, it is working, because of course it is. That is a, that is a frightening thing. Although this this seems to be a common thing, so I don't know that I, I don't know. Like, did you guys did we talk about this a couple months ago? I think there was an ad for Internet Explorer eleven that featured like the anime Moe the, the Japanese mascot. mascot that they've had. It was really well animated, but it was also one of those things where you're like, man, I don't want to ever have to explain this to anyone. <laughs> um. Also, uh, The Simpsons did a Miyazaki tribute in uh, the last Sunday's episode, but nobody knows about it because we stopped watching The Simpsons years ago. Hey, I, I still it's watch still occasionally. Funny. I mean, The Simpsons huh. now is kind of like SNL, where it's like, yeah, it was better when I was watching it, you know. It was better before Chris like... Farley died. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, America. <laughs> I don't even know why that's... Because the timeline fits, okay? The timeline <laughs> fucking fits. You tell me when Chris Farley died, I'll tell you when The Simpsons stopped being funny. Follow the money. Follow okay. the money. Why I am I the saying. only person asking these questions? Because I was going to say, the, j the joke about SNL is that it was always better when you were watching it regularly. No, no, like... <sighs> no, it's never been all that... I, I understand the difference between nostalgia and actual quality. I enjoy Voltron, but I know it's bad. I know I understand it's because of nostalgia. Um, you know, but no, you know, don't fucking tell me because you watched, you know, Saturday Night Live when you were, you know, fourteen, and it had, you know, bullshit A and bullshit B that you somehow think these people are fucking funny. No, you don't. <laughs> no. Okay. I mean, Adam Sandler had like. I don't know, two marginally entertaining movies. That was it. That's it. That's the list. I mean, Christopher Walken, who wasn't even, you know, 
a regular, you know, he just hosted a couple of damn times. He was the best thing that they ever had. So, except for maybe Dan Aykroyd, but uh, that's yeah. I was gonna say story. like there's. There's a lot of people that. Yeah, I was about to say, you know, you got, yeah, I was about to say, you got to go back to like the fucking 70s where they had like Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray and Chevy Chase. Although Chevy, I never found especially funny, but whatever. He's probably never found me especially funny. So fuck that guy. (laughs) He could be on the plane with the fucking Seahawks. (laughs) (laughs) Now now that they've killed off his character and community. Yep. Don't feel, don't, don't hold back. Let us know he. Let us know how you really I, feel. I always do. You know, I don't care. I love he, you. he brought us National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which is is just it's it's the best Christmas movie. So you know no, what? Die I'm Hard gonna is give him the best a pass. Christmas movie. I, I'm gonna give Chevy Chase a pass. Onto the plane with the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um. He's an old, angry man. He does, and I'm a young, angry fun. man. We should get along much better, but we don't. Um, anyway, um, so I'm going to do a lot of, oh, I'm way fucking out of step with the rest of humanity uh, kind of thing for a minute. Because whereas, you know, you know, most of middle-class America has, you know, some sort of streaming service already on their TV. You know, I sort of stepped into this world because I have an older HD TV with uh, the the Christmas edition of the Chromecast into my family. Um, it's 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 become it's become part of the family now. Chrome Chromecast Robins. Um, I, I I don't want to say that's my favorite member of the family right now, but it's you know it's ahead of the cat. Jen's Jen's not in the room, is she? It, no, she's not. This. Okay. It's it's ahead of the cat. I'll say that. Um. No, not really. Maybe. Um, no, tack Robin's on the end of any object you own. No, it's no. probably better than the cat. But, but I, I, I think there's to, a lot of things ahead of the cat. I take advantage of our exclusive Chainsaw Buffet offer if you go to uh, you know Netflix.com <laughs> and uh, click on the uh, Start Your Free Trial. You get 60 free days. or No, 30 free days. I'm sorry. Um, 60 if you're two different people. Yeah, 60 if you're two different people, or you use two different emails and two different me- uh, methods of payment, like a yeah. PayPal and a debit card or something. So, so you so, know. Yeah, John was talking about our exclusive Chainsaw Buffet offer for plural people. Yes, or for people that know how to game the system. But um, also, uh, courtesy of Chainsaw Buffet, if you go to Hulu, um, you can get a seven-day free trial. Now, unfortunately, I wasn't able to get you know the full 30 days out of these. But, you know, same sort of scenario, you use a couple of different emails, a couple of different methods of payment. You can stretch that 7 out to 14. But, I'm um, using these in conjunction with Chromecast. Um, I've watched a lot of fucking TV. <laughs> Just like, you know, I'll be sitting there, you know, playing video games or something, or on the computer, you know, multitasking while I've got Chromecast on. So, last night, period, last night... Um, I watched all of Baca and Test, which, you know, hmm. they did a simulcast of. And I think the name is really what killed my interest because the description didn't do a good job of selling the show. Um, the show, the, the show's full title is Baca and Test Summon the Beast. Now, I will tell you firsthand, there is not a single fucking beast in that entire series. Not one. Because um, what the show is about is the show is basically about the school where um, the classes are divided by your grade. You, you know, you take a placement exam and you get A, B, C, D, um, 
I think they said there were six classes. I don't know if they have like an E grade. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, they did have an E grade and an F. So it's a little fucked up from our traditional, uh, you know, grading system here in the states. But um, the show starts out with this girl gets sick during the placement test. Uh, so because she's not able to, you know, because she has to leave to go to the nurse, they give her a zero and put her in the F class. But, you know, surprise, surprise, the, the pretty cute girl is also really super smart. Um, but the catch of this whole school is that you can improve your class's standing by uh, challenging them in this, like, weird RPG, you know, virtual reality type of system where you summon an avatar and its uh, attributes are based on your own intellectual grade attributes huh. uh, from the last test that you took and you can improve them by taking uh, extra exams um, so basically if you study hard you can you know increase your your power in this but really it's just a fucking comedy and it's actually really funny um, episode eight it, you know I I recommend everyone uh, who knows me as a human being to fucking go and watch episode eight of the Bakken test. They have it on Hulu. I don't know if the whole, se- yeah, the whole series was dubbed on Hulu. No, on Netflix. I, I don't know if the whole thing is dubbed on Hulu or not. But we, we watched it on Netflix, but in either case, uh, go and watch episode eight because it is an Evangelion parody with references to fighting games and the power oh, wow. of and metal gear. It was written for me. This episode eight brought to you by John. Yes, it's it's it's, it's so fucking it's part good. of the Chainsaw Buffet deal with Netflix. Yes, it's so you get episode eight. It's so good, and also um, I've dipped my toe into waters I'm terribly uncomfortable being in because um, we watched um, the first two seasons of Sherlock on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Um, I think season three is actually starting right now as we speak, but we're recording the podcast because I decided to watch that horrible shit fest of a cock-sucking bunch of Seahawks. Um, (laughs) But I'll catch the season three premiere later. It's really good. Uh, It's it's got uh, Bilbo and Smaug fighting crime (laughs) uh, based on the works of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. And... um, it's kind of neat because uh, Dylan and I were talking about this, and the presentation is interesting because occasionally bits of text will pop up on the screen. Uh, you know, usually to represent something like either uh, one of Sherlock's observations or you know, digital. It's set in the modern modern day. It's actually usually, I think, text, text messages, text or something. messages, and things like that. Um, but it's kind of, it's got an interesting style of presentation. Um, the show is written by Stephen Moffat, who worked on Doctor Who. Um, the problem I have with the show, um, and I don't even—it's not even a problem for me watching it. It's more—you you guys will understand what, I, what my problem is when I get into it—is that it's a little pandering to a certain type of of fandom because there's you know the running joke that you know Sherlock and Watson are gay, even though they're not. Um, and I'm you know, like, you, I'm I, like, you know, and, and listen, I've watched stuff with way worse pandering and, and subtext to it than that. I'm just saying, guys, you don't have to make jokes about them being gay because there are plenty of people on the internet that will write this stuff for you for free. You know, I, it's been a while since I've watched the, I think I've watched the first two, I think I watched the second season. That didn't stand out to me so much. 
that I remember, but well, who I, knows? I, I just I just remember being mildly irked because I'm like, man, you guys are just feeding like a certain section of the fandom like so much ammunition to be obnoxious I went in, with. Like I went into it before, like the like I'd heard a lot about it, but the fandom had not picked up to what it is now. So right. I don't know if I went back. Like now, I'm like, ah, I can't do it. I mean, there's a lot of shows like that. If you can put the fandom out of the out of your mind while you're watching it, it's great. If you can't, you're doomed to you know well, suffer. Fortunately, I'm not on Tumblr, and I don't really care about what other people uh, think about shows. So, uh, you know, it's it's fine. I, but that was just the first thing I thought. It's like, man, okay, now I understand the fandom behind the show because they're feeding them. <laughs> Yeah, it is really good though. I will, I will uh, sing its praises. I've only seen, I've seen very little of it, but I have heard good things. Um, the the weird thing is, for those who aren't aware, um, just straight video, like not even counting commercials, it's an hour and a half each episode, but there's only three episodes in a season. That's pretty normal for British mystery shows. Well, I, I have not watched a bit of if, British television if, if you, before this. So. Yeah, I've. Um, yeah, Foils War does something similar, but its seasons have been uh, generally been a little longer, though. But each episode is uh, with commercials. It's two hours. Yeah. So hmm. I mean, I guess for a if if you're talking about a normal TV show, it'd be like you know twelve episode seasons. It it it's normal for. Again, British typically British mystery t- mystery shows do go for the two hour episodes. Hmm. It's a, it's kind of a grueling thing because it's like I watched a lot of them and I realized I only watched six episodes, but you know it obviously yeah. felt like a lot more. Well, in terms of content, it was it if you. <laughs> But you can't it, just, you know, you can't, yeah, there's you can't, not a clean break in there. It's not like it's a there. two-parter yeah. on a normal show, but at least with the yeah, I rem- you can kind of pause and come back. I remember not really getting into the second episode of the first season, and it almost killed me because it's like, man, you know, like, I, I can't just skip past this because this is most of what there is, but if I watched, you know, like, I have to suffer through no more so hmm. I don't even remember why I just remember having that moment where I had to like I stopped and then went back and, and watched it later well then there there's not really a cohesive story but you know there's kind of elements from each episode that carry over yeah um, especially when you know they, they slowly introduce Moriarty and then he becomes more and more involved and then season the end of season two happens and now there's a season three and yeah um so it's gonna be interesting where they go from here Hmm. Um, but Mm -hmm. i I guess um have you guys been watching anything of interest uh what should what should i watch next because i am tearing through uh tv shows at a prodigious rate I, i'm caught up on game of thrones i'm caught up on sherlock i i watched an entire fucking anime series there's only 13 episodes and i did also watch um princess jellyfish which was how was that it's good um i was having this conversation with jen because we watched it together and my thought was it's really good i enjoyed it it was entertaining 
but I can't tell you what the show is about. I can tell you what happened. I can tell you what the plot <laughs> was. But I can't tell you what the driving focus of the show was. I can't tell you because it's not a show about personal growth because any growth that you know actually occurs within the characters because they're all otaku and they're all broken in their own ways. Um, it happens at a very slow pace and you know when you get to the end of the show you don't feel like they've really grown in a significant way. They've just learned a, maybe a little bit of something. Hmm. And um, the show's not really about you know there, there's a storyline about them trying to keep the place where they live but that's not really what the show is about either and it's not about the crossdresser and it's not about you know their their various dysfunctions mm-hmm. um the the closest thing i can come to is it's about acceptance you know either coming to grips with yourself or the things that are happening around you that you can't change, or hmm. coming to grips with things that you can change, and what you have to do to change them, and and you know making yourself uncomfortable and accepting that as a as a thing to be. So, wow, um, that's that's the most I can really get out of it. I'm not saying it's a bad show, but it's really hard to pin hmm. anything onto it that that you say, oh, this is you know this is what that this show is going for. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember Basil. I think it was Basil showed some of that at yeah, one of his. That was the first time I had seen it. Okay, and I remember being interested in it, but never, never. I don't know either. Never thinking to or never making the time to track it down. It's definitely worth the watch. Um, it's on Netflix. I think they may have some of it on Halo as well. I'm not sure language options there, but mm. um, it's definitely available if you know where to look. Out of curiosity, uh, legally, I'm saying. Are you are you planning to uh, do a trial of Hulu? I'm doing a trial of Hulu as we speak. Okay. So. So, does anyone want to throw anything out? I've got a couple that I've thought about putting on recommendations, but I don't know. Are they so community cool. and Arrested Development? You know, okay. I'm gonna start out with this. Um, if you're trialing, if you're doing a trial of Hulu Plus, uh, all of Community is on there. Uh, watch it. Just you'll you'll thank me later. Um, but I'm trying to think. Like a lot of the shows I've watched and really liked have been on Hulu um, recently. Um, I did start watching Sleepy Hollow for a while and I've kind of kept up with it. It's it's another show that like early on I was like yeah, this this is going to be one that picks up the fangirls because Tumblr. Um <laughs> it kind of like what I liked about it was it kind of reminds me of Warehouse 13's alternate history stories. Um they're like it's entertaining and pulpy, but whenever you recognize something that they're talking about and actually know something about it, the anachronism just you know hurts very bad. Um, but it's, it's really kind of interesting because the characters basically find out that you know there's this bigger mystical world you know going on behind the scenes, and they're kind of introduced to it. Um, the only problem I had is it's again some of the references are terrible and it's that weird combination of like pop culture eschatology and like 
American America as you know spiritual symbol that uh, kind of like Bioshock Infinite. You watch it and you're like, somewhere, so, somewhere, someone believes this. Um, aside from that, if if you can stomach British shows, uh, there's a show called Rev on Hulu. I've seen the commercials for that because you know they play them like 40 times during a show, the episode <laughs> yeah, of Sherlock. But it looks interesting. It's really good. Like it reminds me of. I don't know if this is fair to say an older style British comedy, like uh, Keeping Up Appearances or Are You Being Served or something like that. Like my parents used to watch those. Ugh. Yeah, okay. but that's, you know that's not going to sell people on it. Well, when I say older style, I mean um, not like currently uh, fandom. Yeah, no. yeah, it, it's again not going to sell people on it. I, I don't know. Honestly, what people are we trying to sell stuff on? I mean, let's let's be honest. Rev, again, Rev is interesting if you at all know you know at all about any sort of like religious controversies that happen nowadays um so molestations you know i don't think it's that but there's one where like he it's it's this guy who has this um he's been moved up to this church in the city i think he's a he's anglican um and it's just like everything goes wrong and um like there's this one episode where this um, I don't know how to describe them, but like you know the super contemporary evangelical group like wants to use the church, and he comes in. It's like you know they've got the little coffee bar set up, and you know they're doing all this <laughs> you know singing songs off of like a projector or something, and like I don't understand this. Um, it's it's when does Abed show up? I was going to say, it's worth it just for the scene where uh, he uh, he uh, drinks, like he takes a drink from the uh, the, the drunk guy that's in the uh, the congregation and uh, the guy has as, as you do if you're that sort of drunk, uh, laces has laced it with ecstasy and he Because it. why not? Because why not? Um, also, quick draw is i mean no just quick draw it's kind of stupid but it's kind of funny i found it funny that went over uh, that went on way longer than it should have that's okay what did you find quick draw on hulu okay it's sort of a wild west you know a big city guy decides he's going to move out to the wild west and become a sheriff you know he went to some ivy league school you know and he doesn't understand life out you know on the frontier the final frontier no that too dylan has been watching a lot of star trek lately i yeah i just went ahead and started uh, deep space nine after finishing the next generation i briefly was like you know what i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna like cleanse the palate and watch some adventure time no this is super weird and I miss Star Trek. <laughs> well, okay. Way to cleanse the palate. Star Trek not weird at all. No, it never gets weird. Not even when Tasha Yar fucks a robot. Not even then. 
Especially not then. Could do with a little more of that. So, uh, Chad, Charlie, either of you guys have some TV recommendations? Um, right now, I don't know anything that you could find, like, online. I mean, last, was it last week, whenever we talked, I talked about Steven Universe. I still think that's pretty good. Um, it's something, I don't know, it, it just... Talking about mysteries, um, and again, I just checked, and I cannot find it on Hulu, and you can't get it on Netflix, at least not the for instant watching. I think you can or you can get the discs if you've got the mail-order version. But um, I, I really enjoyed, back in the day, Nero Wolf. That was a, it was an yep. A&E series that, that I liked quite a bit. Yep. I want to say so, that is on Netflix, but I may be it, wrong. It's not on the streaming. It's on yeah, the it's, discs. I got most of it at one point through the discs and watched it. It is a it's a fun series. If you like mysteries, I, I enjoy it. My wh- one of the things I like a lot about it, and I'm I'm sure I've probably talked about the show on here before. Um, I think you have. That they I know use. What you're gonna say? You mentioned it to us. Okay, that they use the same cast. Yep. But they but except for maybe three or four actors they're always playing different characters so they're not the same person but they're the same actors and it takes a couple episodes to sort of wrap your mind around that but then i think once you do it becomes something that you really appreciate about the show okay chad you got anything i don't really have any tv recommendations because i really haven't been watching anything new Lately, or really much at all. Fair enough. Um, I I can go with Dylan watching Deep Space Nine because it's it's definitely worth rewatching. Yeah. And Deep Space Nine's a good one. It it's definitely the best of the Star Trek series, but it's precisely because it's not Star Trek. It's uh, kind of a different animal. Maybe the intervening years will change my take on it, but I couldn't get into it when it was airing. I like I got into it for a couple of seasons, and then there was a point where I was just no longer interested. I, I would say give it another chance and rewatch it, and and I would say that rewatching Voyager certainly it was a lot better than than what I remembered. Hmm. Um, I don't doubt that, but it, I still can't see it being better than like Next Generation or Deep Space. No, it, it's DS. No, Voyager's not better than better than them uh it it does have its own charms and it's certainly the closest to is part of it that it's kind of a proto battle star galactica in some cases no because it, it's completely different okay. no. you made chad angry well no i thought the no no no, no. just pointing out precisely it it it's not which is what kind of pissed people off because they did kind of want that at the time uh it instead voyager is about the closest that Star Trek gets to the the late '90s uh, Buffy, Stargate, genre savvy uh, kind of tongue in cheek. The heroes know how weird things are, kind of show, and 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 it's it's much more subtle than 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 you get in its contemporaries. But it it's definitely there, and it's it's neat to see. It's definitely worth it. Again, it's better than I remembered. It's definitely not on on the level of Next Generation or DS9. 
Voyager is always one that I had trouble with. After like, I, I think I think the first I season was did, about as much as I could get through. I, I I did have trouble with it when I was first watching it airing in reruns, but rewatching it through Netflix, I it it, it is much better than I remembered it. And I think it, when it, when I first like when I was young when it first came on. I watched I watched probably more of that than D- Deep Space Nine, definitely more than Next Generation. But I think it was because of like the timing, like I yes. was at an age where I could appreciate those sort of shows. So hey, new Star Trek show, I think I'm gonna catch it. Well, mm. Dylan, you are Harry Kim, so I I really need to go watch it now just to figure that out. I mean it as a compliment. See, I I would have I would have seen more as like a no. uh, Jordy or no trust me no Jordy was cool maybe even a uh, I, no I, I I I just think that it I do mean it as a compliment take so a, take a look it's in a book, it's in a book. and and I am betting I'm just about willing to wager money that uh where John sort of fell out with Deep Space Nine was probably about the time that I was struggling with it like I, I made it all the way through, but there there was a point where I was like, uh, "This is this is becoming almost like a chore to catch." But I want to stick with it because I've made it this far. It, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember exactly when that time was. Either, like what the storyline was, but I I almost have a feeling we probably had the exact same moment. May have been. Like I said, this we're talking about while this was on the air is when I yeah. you know. Because mm-hmm. I, I loved uh, watching uh, Next Generation um, while it was airing, and um, Deep Space Nine I was into for a little while, and then at some point it was just like, nah, I'm, I'm not going to do that anymore. Well, it's it, like I said, uh, it give it another try, uh, especially once you get into the second season. First season is really, really hit and miss because it's really pretty clear that they didn't have a clue what they wanted to do with the show. No. But second season really is when things pick up and and it's before the Dominion enters the picture so you you don't have to worry about that big long thing but they start they they do start exploring the local cultures the the Klingons and Cardassians and Bajoran all of that culture in more depth than next generation really got into. Um, anyway. So, if I understand correctly, we don't have anything for the dice pile this week, right? Not this week. Okay. And Aside from Dylan killed my dog. Well. In War Machine. Now you can write a song about it, as well as the next guy that you meet. Um, <laughs> shout-outs to country music. Um, anyway. <laughs> uh... I don't have anything for Thing of the Week this week because it was a slow news week and the biggest news item was something that we have talked to death, so I really didn't want to try and do like a big long thing on it. Um, there may or... Uh, ne- okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over a couple of things real quick. Um, I've submitted a couple of panels to uh, Hamacon. Uh, I've not actually done any anime, panel, uh, anime con panels before aside from uh, just wrecking shit on the podcasting 101 and uh, the nonfiction for geeks panels um, which is really just me being a blowhard during that. No, I was going to say nonfiction for geeks was actually good. But then again, it, it's not an anime panel and and as I've said like I'm hesitant like 
I can't do anime panels. Um, these these have not been approved, so um, you know, actual scheduling uh, may or may not happen of either either or both of these panels. But um, I submitted um, uh, a, a brief history of fighting game anime, which is exactly what you think it is, because during the nineties there were a lot of at, uh, anime adaptations of various fighting games that came out during the big boom. Uh, during that time, some of them are good, like uh, the Street Fighter Two animated film. Some of them are <laughs> very mediocre, like um, uh, Street Everything Fighter Two V, and some of them are well, just yeah, straight up at, bad. At, at least, no matter what, the anime adaptations can't be as bad as Street Fighter the movie. Yeah, the, the live action one with Raul Julia was so bad it gave him cancer. Uh, the one, uh, the Legend of Chun Li was so bad it gave me cancer. <laughs> Um, that that movie is going to kill me one day for having watched it. Raul, the Raul Julia one, though, I will say is a good sort of bad. Like you can laugh at it and you can have well, a good time with it. No. Yes, you can. You just you just. Chad, Chad was personally injured by that film. <laughs> he, I, wa- he wants to I, go I home. Feel like and I he was. wants to come with me. I, I feel um, like I was from watching that. I was personally traumatized by it. Jean Claude. He just puts on one hell of a performance in that movie. Jean Claude Van Damme, you all to hell. Um, <laughs> that that's pretty much. I I think the world got too much of him in the nineties, um, which is to say they got any of him. That that one's gonna be fun and pretty straightforward. Um, the other one that I submitted that I'm actually a little uh, excited about is uh, awesome anime that Time and Publishers forgot, which is. Uh, just a small sampling of a number of shows that solve releases here in the United States that, uh, for various reasons, you know, either, you know, the publisher got shut down or somebody lost the license, never bothered to renew it. Uh, but really great shows that you cannot buy or stream anywhere legally. Um, and it all came to pass because at some point it dawned on me that it had been years since, uh, you know, ADV no longer in existence, so it's been a number of years since you could actually buy a copy of Evangelion, which is, you know, a seminal, you know, an influential anime series. I'm like, why the hell can you not buy or watch this legally anywhere? Why do we live in that world, you know, you can still buy the new movies as they come out, but it's not the same as the classic series. Nobody's picked up the license for this series? Um, well, I don't know if ADV still holds it, because... On paper, on a piece of paper, ADV is technically still a thing. Um, so I don't know if ADV slash Sentai slash Section Twenty Three has something uh, in their back pocket, or if Funimation is trying to buy it, um, which would make a lot of sense since they're doing the the films. Although, then again, if you have the license to the original TV series, it is literally a license to print money, especially if you do a uh, a Blu-ray re-release, which. Next year is the 20th anniversary of the show. I've been speculating that this might for be what years. they're planning. Yeah, I've, I've been speculating that you'll get a Blu-ray version and the fourth film in 2015 because it just makes too much sense. Um, but I could be wrong. Um, but uh, that Gunsmith Cats, uh, Record of Lotus War, which I actually picked up over uh, at McKay's uh, on Friday. Hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, the the odd one of the bunch, um, Dominion Tank Police, and the reason I say it's the odd one of the bunch is that you can buy and stream new Dominion Tank Police, which is the sequel, 
But you cannot but, uh, get the original uh, anywhere. Um, Vampire Hunter D and Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust. Um, that's a lot of the... A lot of the standards you that's, can't that's a get. That's of the stuff that... Like, when that took off in the 90s that people were introduced to it on. Why yeah. is this, Why is that kind of thing in limbo? Well, that's a good question. That's for the panel. Yeah, and, and I think... <laughs> Well, you know, just for a little bit of discussion here, because why the hell not? It's our podcast. Um, I think part of it has to do with the fact that a lot of these are older titles, and um, especially, you know, when the anime industry sort of shrank a bit and, and became uh, a lot smaller and less willing to take chances, they didn't want to spend money on show on older shows that may or may not hit. You know, they they think, oh well. But this is older shows that everybody <laughs> knows and that already sold well enough to get the. Well, but that may be the point. Started <clears throat> that the the fans who would buy those shows already, already have, have if they're going well, to. We we don't already have that, them on Blu-ray. Well, I mean that's true, but my my point hey, you've is got that, record of Lotus War on VHS, so. <laughs> the, the fans who have those shows probably already have them. The. the the growth there is limited. I, I would disagree, also, though, because I think if you... And Funimation did this with a few with a few titles that they picked up from, like, Bandai and Genion, where they bought them, and then, like, months after they did a release, they just put it all on Hulu or uh, Netflix, you know, like, Japanese and dubbed for free, because it's like, hey, you know what? You know, most of the people that, you know, want this on DVD already own it. Uh, but we can still, you know, get some people to stream this and get some ad revenue, even from people that own it and just don't want to go dig up their copy from downstairs. You know, yeah. so. Well, what I was gonna say was I think the second part of it is like newer anime fans, I think have less demand for that sort of stuff. Like there is definitely like the old school anime and the new school. And... I, I think that's part of the problem is that current anime fandom is moe over everything. XOXO everything. Rebel, rebel, rebel. <laughs> um, get off my lawn. Yes, indeed. Get off my fucking lawn because you guys, uh, you guys are like 10 years old and Full Metal Alchemist came out and you think that show's the best fucking thing ever and nobody's ever bothered to show you Akira until uh, three weeks ago. <laughs> Can't we like both? Wow. You can't have to be insulting. I'm not you being can, insulting. You... I'm just saying that, you know, there's there's that mindset of, there. oh, I saw this when I was 14. This must be the best thing ever. And, you know, it's, it's well, and I've, I've explained this before, although there are two different things and they hold different weights and perspectives in, um, in respective cultures. I'm not trying to make a one for one comparison. But, you know, there's a commonality between, like, the Beatles and Elvis and, you know, Evangelion. Because they're all products of their time and place in a certain context. And, you know, if you didn't understand what was going on in anime at the time that that show came out, it's just an old show. Because, you know, the things that it did have been done to death since then. And And also... It's the same thing for for Elvis and the Beatles. I mean, I I don't understand the appeal of Elvis, but I'm sure if I were around in, you know, the 50s when he came on the scene, probably would have blown my fucking mind. Yeah, and also if you don't understand where they're coming from. Like, if you don't understand the, you know, the history of Mecha anime, then Evangelion, a lot of the other um, Mechas that hit after that, won't make as much sense as if you're familiar with Full Metal Alchemist and Bleach and 
you know, right. what have you. Actually, those are bad examples because those are much newer, but you know what I mean. And Bleach much is older. a bad show. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to get into that topic again. Um, anyway, um, we will definitely be back next week. The timing might be a little weird. Um, I'm going to a fighting game tournament, Kumite in Tennessee, in Murfreesboro next weekend. Um, if my Saturday is as disappointing as uh, the 49 if my performance Saturday is as disappointing as San Francisco's <laughs> was today, um, I'll be back on Sunday, no problem. Um, <laughs> if I manage to survive the day Saturday and get into you know the upper part of the brackets that they run through on Sunday, then you know they run Marvel very late. So either we'll you know <laughs> record very late on Saturday or record sometime during the week and bring it to you a, a few days later. But um, we're, we're not we're not done yet. I might die in a car crash, but what you know, whatever it's you know you know you know how it goes, guys. Um, anyway, does anybody else have anything to say? I um, I had one thing. Yes. Um, because we're speaking about televisions, and I don't know if and we've we've done this before where we've um talked about uh reviews on, of products on on Amazon, and. I was someone had clued me into the Samsung UN eight five S nine eighty five inch four K Ultra HD one hundred and twenty hertz three D smart LED UHD TV. Okay. Which is apparently a forty thousand dollar television. Oh, oh um, so if, like the hour before we started recording, I've just been reading reviews, and there's one that struck me that that John in particular would enjoy. Oh please. Oh um, no. This is. Uh... This was uh, this television is fresh. We originally got this television when our nephew moved in. It has been a wonderful addition to the house for our nephew. You see, our nephew was born and bred in West Philadelphia, where he spent most of his days <laughs> playing basketball and relaxing. That was until a couple of guys who were up to no good started making trouble. It seems he got into one little fight. My sister got scared and told him he was moving in with myself and my husband here in the Bel Air section of Los Angeles. It was a tough adjustment period. How someone can find the stinkiest cab from LAX is beyond me right off the plane. But when he got to the house and saw this television hanging in our kitchen by the sliding doors, he knew he was finally here. He said he felt like a prince. Everyone loves it. Our son loves dancing to It's Not Unusual on its sound system. And personally for myself, the detail really helps me see my fave plastic surgery shows as I have completely changed how I look in less than two years. <laughs> the price is a little low on what we were expecting, but hey, the price is as unbelievable as our lives. Thank you, Samsung. Vivian Banks, Bel Air, California. Well, <laughs> that is... That's tremendous. Uh, I hoped you would appreciate as much as I did. Oh, thank you for that. There, there are a lot of good reviews on that particular product, but. Uh, well, this uh, Amazon, where the fake reviews have more work put into them than the real ones. And Amazon has some be- has some of the best fucking reviews. It's it's weird that unintentionally Amazon has become one of the uh, the best comedy sites on the internet. Yes, I I think in order to drown my sorrows, I may go and read about forty thousand reviews of big women. <laughs> women's pins see uh, see how that goes those are so good they really are um anyone else have anything um i was gonna say since you mentioned the hamacon i submitted um my board game panel and my inkscape panel and i i attempted submitting a new one um kind of an intro to like hobbyist game development with unity 
which hmm. I can talk on for for an hour. I'm not sure whether it will be useful or <laughs> self-indulgent. Um, or both. It kinda, not sure like, whether anyone's going to pay attention for an hour, in other words. I will. I don't know. It kind of be cool. But it could be cool. It, but Yeah, we'll pay attention. I don't know. But um, I kind of kicked myself. I was like, I kind of want to submit a Unity panel somewhere at like GMX or something. I'm like, I'm not going to do it for Momocon because uh, that's that's kind of large. And, and this is the first year I've submitted panels. And then they like they they announced that they've got a Kickstarter for a a career in college fair for like the games industry. And I'm like, dang it, that would have that would have fit perfectly. Um, well, not really, because I would be like you're never going to make any money at this. Uh, you know, you can either go independent or you can get your, uh, you know, like corporate job. Just, just get a nice corporate job in the business world and then, you know, be creative on your own time. Wow. But yeah, that's, that's... Dreams are for suckers, kids. The dream crusher. It is kind of cool that they're doing that. Because um, I, you know, I think that's... Yeah, because getting kids' hopes up and crushing their dreams is... Well, no, I... I... Definitely. I joke like that because we had that reaction when we went to like uh, ECGC and walked around the floor of, you know, like the expo floor of like, man, you know, um, uh, Epic and I can't remember what all companies were there. Like, you know, there are people struggling to get in at the ground floor level, but it's kind of cool that they're taking um, a con where there's a lot of creative stuff going on. And trying to focus on that and really trying to develop that into something that can be shared kind of outside of the community and can connect outside of the community. Mm-hmm. And and in theory, hopefully this results in them getting more content from the, the game um, games industry in Atlanta. That would be cool. Um, yeah, that... God bless Momocon. Mm-hmm. Just God bless him, everyone. Maybe maybe one of these days we'll have Jess on the podcast. That'd be fun. <laughs> Jess, if you're listening. <laughs> I love you. She's probably Why don't you ever call? She she's probably yelling at her computer right now. Yeah. No, she could be yelling at us in person. She could be. Anytime. We're here. Yeah. Um all right, all hearts and minds clear. Yep. I guess so. Well, mm-hmm. fuck the Seahawks, and uh, please join us next time. And remember, when it comes to the game of life, the only winning move is not to play. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not disputing you. Note that I'm not That's... disputing you. I'm just lamenting the truth <laughs> of what you true. just said. I'm lamenting you. <laughs> this is factually correct. Uh Still, still convinced at some point I'm going to go live off in a cave. If you're listening to this at work, I hope that's especially poignant for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to be reminded of it because I work tomorrow. No. I'm off because I can't remember if it's President's Day. I think or... it's Martin Luther King Day. It's Martin Luther King Day. Shout yeah. out to the great MLK. Appreciate Dylan's it. just a racist. It's fine. He doesn't. He doesn't know what holiday it is. There's. There's. Well. There's a bunch of holidays early in the year, and I can I can never keep them straight. There's only well, one for a black guy, but he can't be bothered. Let, let's see now. Let, let's see now. Um, 
we've got St. Patrick's Day, which is the holiday when everyone pretends that they're I, I was talking Irish about, and gets drunk. I was talking about holidays where we A, get off, no, and, two no, no, are, no, no. and two are about heroes of our country. Dylan, pay attention, because here is the truth. You might learn something. Of Martin Luther King Day. See, no, don't say have... this. Do not say what you're about to say, Chad. I want to save you from this. Do no. not say this. Just call this done. Say never mind and and walk away. Why? Drop the joke and walk away, Chad. Put down the joke. Put your hands behind your head and step away from the joke. <laughs> because right. Dylan just do what you're gonna do. Do what you're gonna do, Chad. I'm going to say good night. Thank you. All right, guys. <laughs> Catch you next time. <laughs>